and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Got my hat, got my cigar. I just realized that that had a shaggy foot on it. I was yeah. sitting over there looking. I was like, what happened to his cigar? And it just and I looked at mine. I was like, oh, oh, that's by design. Well, this is kind of a rarity on the cigar cast. It is. Rare, I mean, I think once or twice before is all we've ever smoked the same cigar. Barring a guest that brings... Right, that brings the smoke. Yeah. And all, but to, tonight, I felt like this would be a good change of pace. And, all, and this is a cigar that I think deserves the attention just because of the man behind it. Okay. I'm talking about the Hamlet Revelation. It's by Hamlet Parades. It's a, or excuse me, Liberation. Um, this is the third in his series. He had the original Hamlet, the Hamlet 25th, and then the Hamlet Liberation. Okay. And uh, he is a Cuban, born and raised in Cuba. Has Rocky Patel's been helping him get that all off the ground. This only comes in one size. Like it should. As it should. A six and a half by 55 Figurado. The wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano. The binder is Nicaraguan. The filler is Nicaraguan and Honduran. All right. Well, that sounds like a good recipe to me. So, very interesting. I got to say, I don't know how big a fan I am of the shaggy foot. You can get, you kind of roll the wheel of fortune when you light the shaggy foot. You do. I mean, that, because it, it really depends on how well the construction on it was as to whether it'll hold up to the light. Now, do you groom your shaggy foot any? Do you roll it around in your hand? Do you lick it? Is there anything that you should do with the shaggy foot? No, I definitely am not a foot licker. You're uh, not a foot licker. I'm not a foot licker well, okay, in, well. in any sense of the word. To, to each his own. Right. I'm, I'm not judging. <laughs> I mean. But no, I, I tend not to do... I mean, when was the last time you saw a shaggy foot cigar? I mean, it's not something you come across very often anymore. You know, the only other shaggy foot cigar I really could think... If you ask me right off the top of my head, it'd be a Gurkha Shaggy. Yeah. And I don't smoke it because it's a Gurkha. But, so the first Hamlet, while you light your cigar, I'll go into the, the story of my life. And I'll... Sw- That's got an interesting flavor to it on the cold draw. Cool. I'm trying to... I, I was trying to figure out what that is. That's interesting. Well, is it that? Is it the Honduran? Is that Honduran, you know... Honduran is almost a Sumatra-type feel to me. It kind of tickles the tongue. It's, it's kind of like that, but it's almost a chemically taste, but not in a bad way. It's, it tastes like it's probably going to be in about a medium to a light medium body. I'd, have you had one yet? I have not had one. This okay. will be my, I value my listeners. I only smoke my cigars for the first time on the air with them. You're number one, <laughs> Shane. Uh, you know... Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested. I, I'm expecting it to be about in the medium range based on the cold draw, but I don't know. It could be. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of aftertaste of spice on my lips. So, I'll, well, I'll let you go. I'd, I'm going to light it. At the risk of damning with faint, faint praise, the first Hamlet that I smoked, the original Hamlet, Hamlet Prada actually came here to the shop, and there was a big event and a big hoot and nanny involving him, and his cigar was exactly as advertised. And I don't want that to say that, you know, a lot of times when people say that, they don't mean it well. Um, but, I mean, it's, hey, he's a Cuban roller. He's a, he lived in Cuba his whole life. He's bringing a, a Cuban-style cigar to the shop. And it was exactly as advertised. 
So I'm interested to see if this liberation, how it does as far as um, if it brings a little something extra to the party. What's your what's your initial thoughts while I light mine? Initial thoughts. First of all, that shaggy foot is handling the light very, very well. Are you going to use a soft flame on yours as well, or are you going to go for your torch? I'd be interested to see the difference, but I'd, not at the cost of your cigar. Yeah, I'll definitely use my soft flame. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely see what you mean in the Cuban style. Uh, it's a little tighter draw than, but not in a bad way. That well, could also be due to the bellicosa tip. You'll notice this is also triple capped in the Cuban style. Yeah, and all, which is really interesting because sometimes the triple capping can work out, sometimes it can't. It just depends on how good your roller and how good your quality control happens to be. So I've I did a straight cut on mine. I took a little less bite off of mine than you did yours. You took a pretty big. Um, pretty big chunk off the end of yours not not critiquing your cut well you know you know the thing is and i've talked about before i don't like the bellicoso tip i also apparently don't like getting up on the mic when i talk uh it it doesn't do it for me i don't like the way it feels in my mouth i don't feel like i can i hold it in my mouth very very well and so i when i'm cutting a cigar with the torpedo style or bellicoso tip I tend to take a bit more off of it. Now, you know, you've seen me cut a regular cigar with just a round cap. I just barely shave the cap off. I, I don't go deep at all. But for this, I'm, I tend to make an exception. Well, I don't know whether to smoke this or utilize it to storm Dr. Frankenstein's castle. It did flame up quite a bit. That's, that's what the shaggy tip offers is a better oxygen penetration. So yeah. you, it's interesting. Which is funny because yours was a lot more pronounced than mine was. Yeah, mine was a little shaggier, and I didn't I, I didn't lick it either. I, I just meant that, like, when you were lighting it, I felt like you got, there was some flame up, and there was some stuff that I didn't, I don't know if that's difference in cigar or, or technique or what that was, but. Well, I'm interested, I would be interested to actually talk to Mr. Hamlet and find out the reasoning behind the shaggy end. Yeah, if I'd, there's something traditional there, or if he just I, wanted to, I've always been just uh, talking about Shaggy Foot in general, not this specific cigar. But I've always understood it to just be a tradition thing. But there could be more to it. I don't know. So moving on as we smoke our cigars, there this is, is really good. I, I, do, I, I mean, do enjoy I'm just the barely flavor. into it, but I'm really enjoying the flavor of yeah. this. It, I, I am enjoying the flavor. I'm interested once I get it hot, what it tastes like. And I'm not on a fresh palate from a today standpoint, but I haven't had a cigar in several hours, so I would call it about as clean a palate as you're going to find for me at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so I feel like I'm actually getting the flavor of the cigar pretty well. So last night, poker game in here. I won, as usual. And... I believe there was an egregious breach of store etiquette took place in this shop last night. Others have disagreed with me, and so I need I get a to judgment. Be the final arbitrator on this. You, that's right. I need okay. a judgment. So I'm sitting at the poker table. Everyone is falling beneath my might. The cards are all coming my way. The chips are just coming in by the wave. You know, you know the usual. Let me let me <laughs> stop you before you get too far into this. Is this a breach of cigar etiquette, cigar store etiquette, or just human etiquette? 
I believe this to be a breach of human etiquette. Okay. I had a feeling you were going to go that eccentric with it. But I believe it happened in the cigar lounge, and I believe the fact that this gentleman was smoking a cigar saved me from beating him to death with a metal ashtray stamp. Okay. And, I'll, and, and by the way, can the fine people at Nerf please develop a line of ashtrays that I can throw at people? Because you can throw the ceramic ashtrays, and if they hit the window, they'll break before the window. But if you throw the loose side, you're going to lose a window. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I need somebody to develop, but it, I don't know. I need it to have a little heft because I do like to throw an ashtray at people when they're doing stupid things in the cigar shop. I think you need to just carry a Nerf gun in a vest holster and just get one of those small ones just so you can just pop people just with it. pull it out and unload pull, on pull people. It out. Yeah. yeah, a proper leather holster, which I'm sure you own one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it really looks like that. And not until you pull it out and you see the bright orange tip do, do they realize what? I think they hit them right behind, the, right between just, the eyes. You just don't get pulled over. That would be an interesting <laughs> one to try and explain. Well, I swear it's Nerf. So this guy. I'll tell that story at your funeral. This guy comes in, and he's the guest of a regular. Okay. okay. Now this is now I don't want to imply that this is a members-only establishment, but if you're a regular, you're held to a certain standard. And all being a regular here has its privileges as well as its responsibilities. Okay. Um, he come in as a guest of a regular and proceeded to climb up on his soapbox in Al Gore fashion and explain as loudly as he could, so loudly that he was sitting in the berry corner, I was sitting in the middle of the shop and could hear him plainly, how we were destroying the world, destroying the ozone, how the ocean could not grow algae back, how our dependency on oil was going to end. If this hippie had been vaping, I got up and beat him to death with the stand of an ashtray. Now, I would argue, for, for and by the way, to my friends, a friend who will remain nameless, let's call him Jay Beaver, said I was just mad that somebody was on a soapbox and it wasn't me. That was my first impression, honestly. Might be. But I believe this be an egregious breach of etiquette because I believe that his poor friend, the regular who I know is not an enviroweenie, would was in, having to be embarrassed to be in this dude's presence, as well as the rest of us being verbally assaulted. You want to grow algae? I can leave a cup of water on my deck and grow algae. Bite me. So this guy, I believe I believe that to be the pinnacle of rudeness and breach in etiquette. What is your judgment? So what is your primary complaint here? What he was arguing about or the fact that he was doing it so loudly? The fact that he was doing it loudly and it was his first time in. And that he was brought as a guest. You know, if I'm brought as a guest, if somebody brought me to their, you know, their son's bar mitzvah as a guest, I wouldn't stand up and expound on my views on the wall or anything like that. Um, I believe that... However, you have to understand that the cigar shop doesn't necessarily fall into the parameters of most social norms. Typically, we're told not to talk about religion, the environment, politics, you know, or, or anything super emotional. We're to, you know, keep things light. I've been in, and I know you have too, so many cigar shops, and I've never been in a cigar shop where a political discussion did not take place. And that's okay. But also... Before you climb up on your soapbox, take a look at what's under it. 
don't climb up on your soapbox. You know, if he was a regular here, I could just say he's a little deep in his cups and perhaps being a moron. But basically, and you could tell by the pained expression upon his friend's face that this was his last invitation to this particular shop or to this with this particular friend. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're a friend of mine and I invite you somewhere with me, and it, if you wear a, show up wearing a Greenpeace t-shirt or a Make America Great Again hat, I'm going to tell you to go home and change clothes before we go anywhere. Cause don't be super polarizing right, is your I, point. I don't want to be part of your sideshow. Well, we have a, a mutual acquaintance who is notorious for being the sideshow and, and doing it with glee. Yeah, and I, what are these? Were they not loved by their parents? What are these? I, I think that has a lot to do with it. But anyway, <laughs> back to the. So, am I am I judging this gentleman unfairly, or am I within my rights to have hurled the Ashton ashtray at him? I did. Uh, I I think you're a little, I th- I think you're a little heated for nothing here. Now, having not been here and and actually seeing the. Um, the, the the event take place. Whether you agree with the person's opinion or not, I think is irrelevant. I think it has to be irrelevant. I don't think you can say that this guy's being an egregious offender of etiquette because he's just talking about something that you don't agree with. But I do think you can have... I do think you have an argument when it comes to the volume. I do think, whether it's a cigar shop or anywhere where multiple people are congregated, you have an obligation to keep your conversation with whoever is immediately in front of you among those people. And if the volume is so high that everyone in the place can hear it, that, that's, a, that's a breach of conduct. Well, and you owe it to your fellow man. But at the same time, the regular who brought the guy in there has to know that guy. How... I've got to know I'm someone wh- decently well before I say, "Come have a cigar with me." You know, at my spot. This this regular that this particular regular that I'm pe- speaking of is in the music business. Okay. So there's a definitive possibility that he could have been engaged with this person in many areas that would be considered creative and relaxing music, and not known that he was an enviroweenie till he drug him in here. It's possible. Um, so. But I do agree with you, and and I agree. The content of his rant was not as offensive to me as the volume and the conviction. Okay, if you come in and you want to expound, you owe it to your fellow man. If you can't s- express your thought in 25 words or less, you don't understand it very well. So you owe it to your fellow man to be succinct in your rhetoric however i also know this shop pretty well and i know the people in this shop are not going to let the guy just say his piece and not poke the bear by and large there was one person and he was not speaking very loudly about it and everybody else was just shaking their head like can this okay i like i said i i don't think i can effectively issue judgment one way or another. I will say, if it's a volume issue, I'm on your side. But outside of that, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I would go with throwing an ashtray at him. But, uh, but... Lighter? 
Oh, okay. Open cutter? <laughs> Close cutter. Close cutter? Close cutter. Why, even, why not go to the lighter? Okay. Protect well, your investment. You spent $30 on the cutter and 70 on the lighter. Well, and with the price of accessories doing what they're doing, we definitely could... Speaking of which... Yeah, I was about to say, don't be throwing your $500 uh, opal... Or no, not opal. Olive-handled Le Fin Lama cutter at him. This is... You you had a good segue. I butchered it. I'm sorry, but I, it's because my phone went dark and I didn't have it pulled up anymore. I, I, we were going for the hill, Mary. And he anyway, was headed to the end zone and, and he tripped, tripped on over my shoelaces. Shoe. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally <laughs> dropped the ball. I'll tell you what. So uh, anyone who has spent any time on Instagram relating to cigars has seen this cutter, and there's a review up on it on half wheel right now that is what kind of got my attention it's a olive wood cigar knife you've probably seen this it looks like a cross between a pocket knife and an old school straight razor because it's got the little tail that comes off the back with a hole missing kind of in the middle of it it's up to 50 ring gauge as well so it's a pretty big hole pretty big knife the thing is gorgeous the thing i i have never seen a piece of cigar accessory that that i think is as functionally beautiful as this cutter. Like I said, it's a, a wood-handled pocket knife style cutter. Um, but I just, I, you know, and I'm looking at this, and, I'm, and we'll, we'll post a picture of it. Um, it I, I don't see the $500. Especially when you consider that my pocket knife looks remarkably similar. The only difference is that it doesn't have the hole cut out of it for a uh, for a cigar, but remarkably similar in style, twenty bucks. Well, and your pocket knife looks more like a cigar than a cigar cutter. Well, it does, <laughs> but <laughs> it does, or, or kind of a fish. But uh, but my point is, this is a I very like the, visual. I like episode. that you made the little fishy motion. Well, yeah, you with got the, to. It's with the knife. We should. <laughs> it's a very visual show tonight. Um, you know. I, anyway, so the the thing that really saddens me about this is I've longed for this cutter. I'll, I'll never spend $500 on a cutter, but I, I see this and I want one so badly. And the reviews are, doesn't work that great. Well, there is a pantheon of good ideals that do not work. Um, in my line of work, pocket doors are a good ideal that does not work. I love pocket doors. Yeah, you've you've never had to live with one put it together in modern times. Well, put it put one together, no. But I have lived in houses with pocket doors. But the the point being the pocket door is a designer's nightmare. It goofs up where you put plugs, it goofs up where you put light switches, it interferes with the way T's connect to walls. I get they that. jump the tracks there. And the pre hung door destroyed a lot of the skill of the average trim carpenter. I'm glad you brought that up. I need to talk to you about something after the show. Okay. Um, pocket doors are a good ideal that does not work. They're just absolutely one of those things. This knife is that same category. I mean, I could sit and make a list a mile long of good ideals that just don't work. The hole in the Two center... Two-party system of government. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's better than... It's the worst one except for all the others. But the hole in the center of the knife, and it's not ergonomic. There's not a good way to wield this 
in such a way as to effectively clip your cigar. And that was one of the things that I really, that, that they mentioned in the review is that how awkward it is to use. And I have a Calibria Storia lighter. It's a flat triple jet lighter with a guillotine cutter built into the back of it. It's a much better design than the old school Dawn that had the little plastic cutter that flipped out. It's all metal construction. But one of the only complaints I have is that it doesn't lock out to a stop. So the awkwardness of trying to get it to fit in your hand with the weight of a lighter and on, on a swivel makes it to the point that I almost never use it. I love the lighter. It's a $150 lighter. It's not like I didn't spend any money on it, but it's got to be functional first. Well, you know, every one of us has been in the cigar shop and had somebody hand you a lighter and you feel like a monkey trying to make love to a football figuring out how to light your cigar with it. Especially with us, with the Astorias, because no one uses a strike flint lighter anymore. So how many times have you, in fact, um, a friend of ours, the first time he went to use my lighter, went to push on the little button right here and uh, actually threw my flint halfway across the shop and never found it again. So (laughs) basically broke my lighter in just trying to... (laughs) Well, and... uh, is it, you know, it's a social faux pas to hand somebody an open pocket knife. If someone asks, hey, can I borrow your pocket knife? It would be a faux pas to flip it open and hand it to them. Can you hand them a lit lighter? I don't know, although I, I'm very tempted. So I'm, after the show tonight, I'm going to smoke a cigar with a, a friend of mine. And the last time, he's not much of a cigar smoker. He enjoys it, but it's not something he does with any regularity. So we were sitting there a couple weeks ago uh, smoking a cigar together, and he was trying to figure out how to... An, the only lighter I had was this one. And so he was trying to figure Speaking out... Speaking of the Calibri Julius, for those listening at home. Sorry, yeah. Both of you. Uh, the, so I go to hand it to him, and he just puts the cigar in his mouth and leans forward. And I was yes. like, oh, no. Yeah, the, Oh, no, 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 no. You buy me dinner first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and telling it, you. And it was so funny because, you know, if I'd have had a jet lighter, it would have been easy to just go and then hand it. But the fact remains that the there is a little bit of skill using this lighter, and, and I'm ashamed to admit that, yeah, I did. You did it? I did. And everyone in the cigar shop was looking at us like, what the crap what is going on over the, here? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know this kind of a cigar, that kind of a cigar bar. Yeah. And the worst <laughs> part is, the worst part is because he's not much of a cigar smoker, it kept going out. And so I kept having to relight it for him. Oh, finally, I was finally so, the guy up front turned uh, off the It's Raining Men <laughs> soundtrack and said, y'all quit I, that. I this have, is a decent I, cigar shop. I cannot think of a time when I've been more embarrassed in a cigar shop. That, that is embarrassing. That and is, I, yeah. At that point, I get up and go get him a pack of matches. Yeah. And I was so, and I felt bad too because this is somebody that I hadn't seen in like six years. So I, I didn't feel like there was an opening to be like, no, that's, and, the, and as like, I recall, just, yeah. to, just to sweeten the pot a little. Oh, God. You had told me that you were going and that this was a gentleman that wasn't necessarily at the best point in his life and the rejection of saying, I'm not lighting your cigar yeah. <laughs> might not have been the best of moves. Yeah, basically. And we'll, we'll yeah. So, so, it was, so you were it over was, a barrel. It was a heart, <laughs> it was a heart to heart, I need to talk kind of a situation. This was, this was not just a, hey, let's meet for a cigar. This was, we were meeting for a purpose. And so, yeah, it was one of those, like, this is not the hill to die on. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. That's rough. That's, that's just a serious, so. But anyway, speaking of lighters we're and gonna start, outrageous 
we want to start a new category here at the Cigar Cast, and I want anyone is welcome to contribute as you see these stories. I want to record know the record for the most expensive cigar accessory. And I think we do it by category. Got to be by category. Cutter, humidor, and lighter. So my entrant... And then other. ...is a ST DuPont lighter that costs more than a Lamborghini. I didn't realize it was ST DuPont. It is. There was only eight of them made. It is the ultra-exclusive Manto Golfier lighter. So it oh comes on God. a stand. Now, that's a hot air balloon over it. And you actually strike the lighter, and it raises the hot air balloon so that you can get to the lighter. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding me. What would you pay for this fine piece of um, French craftsmanship? Tree fitty? <laughs> so you said more than, a, more than a Lamborghini? More than a Lamborghini. But they say that's a big range. Not really. You know, some Lamborghinis can be a hundred grand. Some Lamborghinis can be six million. You, you, you know, there's a big range there in Lamborghini. I mean, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm assuming that was their title was cost more than Lamborghini. So I'm, I'm going to assume. You know, they're talking about new productions. I'm going to say probably a quarter of a million dollars. Three hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars is what this fine lighter hot air balloon contraption will cost you. And the worst part is, it looks like some opulent, outdated piece of equipment from a turn-of-the-century French chateau that Napoleon would have used. I mean, This it is, is something so... that 10 years from now, I will be in an estate sale in Franklin, Tennessee, and somebody will say, that was Grandpa's lighter. I don't know. They say it came from France. Would you give me 20 bucks for it? I mean, it does. It Doesn't it look like, you know, French Revolution style? Like, it... Yeah. With the pale blue and the gold. It... Well, so you'll have to go to the South China Morning Post website to get this article. No, no, hey, you heard somebody, it here first, folks. Nobody tell me I don't work for content. <laughs> so you go to the South China Morning Post, scmp.com, and look up this lighter and give me your opinion. Now, I do like that the parts that hold the hot air balloon actually look like trees. They do. Though that don't really fit with the industrial motif, but I believe this is our new lighter at our new leader at three hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars for a lighter. I really hope that is the most expensive. But like we were talking about last week, you know, I they make one with meteorite in it. I'd be interested to know how much that one costs. Probably not that much. Okay, but if I'm gonna look for that, you got is it Mongolian meteorite? Is it I mean if I'm gonna be you know, the Tibet Tibet I really want to know <laughs> where to look. You got me I'll, digging deep. No, I'll, I'll have to find. No, I think you can probably find information about that on their actual website. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll look for it. So we're going to step away. We got held up in etiquette and expenses. When we get back, want to touch on a quick couple of legislative things. Um, I've got to get mad again. I don't know why. At least, it's, at least it's not at me this week. We're going to talk about cigar tourism. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about the third one in the trilogy. We're both smoking the Hamlet Liberation this week. The original Hamlet we love. This is the third. This is the Hamlet 25th year. And this cigar, it's... um, 
in four shapes, Gordo, Robusto, Solomon, Toro, about $8 each, very well priced. I think this may be an online retailer type cigar. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen these on the shelves in a brick and mortar. But the, And the Hamlet, I feel like at an $8 price point, which is something they're not usually close to, I feel like the value for dollar in this cigar is going to be pretty good. Well, it's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and fillers, so it's definitely got a feel like this cigar we're smoking tonight, and I think it would be a very enjoyable cigar. I'm looking to get one. It's a Rocky Patel Hamlet 25th year. Back to the Cigar Cast. My podcast partner, Trayford Aloysius Deadman, has been delaying my um, my intro. He said, back in three and then push the button. That does not help me. Well, and then I forgot to hit the button, so it really ended up being closer to ten. Anyway, I'm getting back. some bitterness on the back of this. Are you getting that yet? Well, I haven't got any bitterness, and we're about the... It's funny, this is one of the rare nights you're actually smoking a little quicker than I am. Yeah. I, I got mine lit a little bit faster than... Or, Earlier than you did, Probably, though. and I've, I've been yelling a lot. Yeah, it, it's almost like I'm smoking glue. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, I know that's not what that flavor is, but I, it's it's a little bit of that kind of, it may be that Honduran tobacco. Well, we're both smoking the Hamlet Liberation this week, and there is a lot of Rocky Patel influence in this cigar. This tastes more like a Rocky than... It does uh, taste very Rocky-ish. The original Hamlet did not taste so much like a Rocky to me. It tasted like something kind of of its own accord. But the this one this one has a little more Rocky. It has a little more almost, if I had to compare it to another Rocky product, I would say it's halfway between a Super Lajero and 20th anniversary. I was going to say the 20th anniversary. Like, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I don't know if that's just the tobacco that they sourced it from was closely related or what, but... It does kind of fall in that, but it's a very good cigar. It all. is. I, I'm I really enjoying it. I never want my critique of the cigar to insinuate that it's a poor cigar. Do you need to stop and have a massage? I am uh, dying over here. All right, I'm going to pull the show over since you already put the blinkers on. <laughs> well, you're over there rubbing yourself. you got to <laughs> stop and say something. Uh, I am dying over here. All right, so I've got to, I'll, I'll share with the listeners what's going on, but then I've got a question for you as it, re- as it relates. So... Earlier this afternoon, I was walking out to my car, and I sneezed and threw my neck out. And to the point that I can't even turn my neck past this, which is about 45 degrees in, in either direction. I am, my neck is in, so, and it's radiating down my shoulder and through my shoulder blade into my back. So my question for you, sh- so basically, I'm trying to just put some pressure on that joint so I can get a little bit of relief, which is what caught Shane's attention. So my question for you is, what single event made you realize that you were getting old? Because for me, throwing my neck out at a sneeze is right up there with... The well, no, don't, don't rush to judgment. I mean, bacterial syphilis could cause your neck problem as well. But I think I knew I was getting old when I looked in the mirror and said, Dad, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> really made me feel like perhaps that was... When I, start, when I started yelling maybe about more things... Maybe it's just a great compliment to your father. He looks looking youthful. I guess. I don't know. I, every time I wear my hat, I see a lot more gray hair than I used to. 
And I actually believe the lady that cuts my hair brings a sack of gray hair in. Oh, and just implants it while she's going? She just dumps it around me on the floor so that when I get up, I'm like, what? Did you not sweep? Did you have a sheepdog in here before me? Did you not sweep? What happened? (laughs) Whose gray hair is that? It can't be mine. That that all could not have come off of my head. (laughs) Did you just cut the gray ones? What happened? (laughs) Which is an amazing piece of talent. Don't get me wrong. But... Getting old, it beats alternative. It does, and all. But I, I just, I didn't know if I needed to hire a good rub down man for our podcast or what needs to happen yeah, here. I've, I, I, unfortunately, my afternoon was too full and booked up for me to be able to get into a chiropractor this afternoon. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm in a lot of pain over here, and I'm trying to suffer through it as best I can. Well, let's talk about something fun. Okay, let's do it. Cigar catering. Cigar rollers in Houston and Dallas are underground celebrities. This article comes from CISION PR Newswire. Bingo. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to cite my sources, but unfortunately this lets people know how deep a dive I do on a right. weekly basis trying yeah. to bring stuff, bring fresh things. Um. Romero and Sonny bring their cigar talent to upscale events throughout Texas. Now, let me talk to you a minute. This is a great idea. It is. I I really believe if you can get around all the regulations, which I think you can, because this is not a deal where you're selling cigars. You're just selling a basically entertainment event, an experience, where they come and they sit down and they hand roll cigars. And how how high-powered is it at your business meeting, you know, when the – Bosses all come in, and you have your rollers sitting right there, ready to prepare them fresh cigars. I was at a conference about almost exactly a year ago, at the end of February last year, and they did a you know it was a big three day conference, and then the second night they took us all out for a big you know customer appreciation event, which was on a boat through the canals of Fort Lauderdale, which actually has more canals in the city than it does paved roads. It's a cool little town, but they had a Cuban cigar roller. Or Cuban in quotes. I don't know if he was actually Cuban or not, but they called it that. But well, it's a it's a it's a great way to spice up an event, especially, you know, being in Florida, you know, you kind of cigars in Florida go hand in hand. Well, and these gentlemen actually have a partnership with a female cigar rolling group called the Cigar Dolls. Mm that you can actually book for these shows and all. This is just a brilliant ideal. I think this is absolutely a brilliant ideal. This is better than, you know, this is the modern-day hibachi. <laughs> you know, used to people would always go to the hibachi, and but how many times can you see him catch the shrimp in his pocket? How many times can yeah. you see him do the egg thing? How, yeah, how and much the hibachi heart beating rice. Like, I'm, I've seen it all. Yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen your entire... You guys get a new routine, I'll come back. Yeah, juggle, juggling flames, sword swallowing, something like that, though I don't want you to sword swallow and then use it to chop up my filet mignon. <laughs> but this is really a cool idea. I really like this. Now, I wish it had put what it costs to book these folks yeah. if you pay per cigar. So quick, quick crash course for those that have never been to a cigar rolling. They're not actually bunching the tobacco there. They actually bring the cigars in. Um, usually when Pedro does it, he has them actually, the binder filler and everything has been put together and is in newspaper. And then his roller is literally just putting the wrapper on it right there. And that's the only effective way to do it. And, and it's also the you know, the only w- way to really do it. I mean, that's the fun part, I guess, is what I'm saying. Watching, watching the wrapper go on is what makes it fun. 
the the binder and filler that it doesn't look like anything. Yeah, the bunching process. It, you know, you don't want to have to go all the way through the bunching process and um, watch them weigh them and everything like that. Yeah, especially the other thing is by having them pre-bunched, it allows them to set them aside for a period of time and actually acclimate the tobacco so that you're not smoking just a young cigar that doesn't taste good. Right. It has been aged. It has been fermented. All the ammonia is out of it. The wrapper is usually a little damp, which just makes it burn a little slower, which actually works well for my life because I'm prone to smoke fast anyway. Yeah. So this is a great ideal. I really think there's this is a business of the future and all. But this is in Houston and Dallas. That's interesting. I know I'd be interested to know if those are some of the guys that used to. There were a couple of shops in in the Dallas area that used to have in-house rollers. I'd be interested to know if maybe they went out on their own or if this is just completely startup. A quick just side note thing. I do love that this week the Mueller investigation is focused around a clandestine meeting in a cigar lounge. And the description, unfortunately, my computer decided I no longer get the subscription, the description, but the description was a dark cigar lounge with mahogany walls and foreboding leather chairs is where Mueller... Foreboding? I didn't know leather could be foreboding. Leather, I guess guess it was intimidating cows, perhaps (laughs) all bulls, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) See, again, we're really going to have to get on YouTube so that they can see you (laughs) do the fish move with your knife, do the the angry bull face. I mean, all these things are great. I, I appreciate that you do them for my benefit. That's what it's really all about, Shane. But... I love the description because this conjures up every bad James Bond movie you've ever seen in your life. Of I haven't haven't participated in a bad James Bond movie. No. Hey, I was ostracized <laughs> in here the other night for saying I liked Pierce Brosnan as James. Bond. You'll notice I came to your defense. Thank you very much. I, I was severely ostracized. Um, of course, it was by by Tom Petty. So you know, yeah. there are but, no bad Bonds. Some are just better than others. But this is the classic the Trump campaign manager is meeting with Russian co-conspirators in a... <laughs> Essentially, it's what people think of cigar smokers in general anyway. You know, the backroom deals and the, the men's club of highly elite and you know secret societies. There's a certain amount of people that feel that that's what they think cigars are. Well, and it, here's the deal. Here's why it works that way. We've discussed it numerous times. A cigar is a unit of time. Mm -hmm. When you light a cigar, you are a captive audience for 45 minutes to an hour, unless you say, good day, sir, and fling your cigar into the ashtray and stomp out. Right. That all, and, that, and nobody. Which would is do a that breach now. of cigar etiquette as well as gentleman etiquette. So oh, yeah. just don't do that. Just it's a breach all the way around. Unless, of course, it's a Lancero and you just can't draw through the dang thing anyway. <laughs> You had a traumatic Lancero experience I, this week. I did. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I was smoking a Lancero. I don't typically... All right. I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox. All the cigar nerds in the industry, I don't hear it as much anymore, but I used to, a couple of years ago, used to hear all the time, oh, the Lancero is the best size, the best shape. But it was all the cigar nerds trying to just be different. It's the cigar version of hipsters. Say, oh, yeah, I love Lanceros. I love Lanceros. I don't. This cigar I had last night drew worse than a three-year-old with a broken arm and off-brand crayons. I have never. It had. (laughs) 
It, like Family Dollar specials? Yeah, like Rose Art, like <laughs> okay. the real crap ones that don't leave it. It drew so poorly. This episode of the Cigar Cast brought to you by Crayola. <laughs> Only go for the best. I, I don't understand why it's so hard to get a good Lancero. And, and the worst part is, I was I, as soon as I did the cold draw, I knew I wasn't going to like it. But I'd made the commitment that I was going to smoke the cigar. So I, I was pressing along the foot and all the way up uh, up to the band. It was super loose. And as soon as you get under the band, you could just feel a plug. And, of course, a Lancero is 23 feet long, and the band is only an inch from your lips. So I've got to suffer through the entire... And even when it got to the plug, it just went out. I couldn't even smoke through it. The Someone lan- out there... <laughs> Make a Lancero that I can actually smoke. Well, I'll, I can bring you one. Don Pedro makes a good one, and the Rocky 20th is a good one. See, I haven't had that cigar in the Lancero. The 20th in the Lancero, a friend of mine swears by him, and he brought, he's brought me more than one, and they were very good. So the, the Lancero can be done well, but there's not a lot of margin for error. No. Due to the nature and the thinness. And and by the way, you gave me one of those. Now I can't look forward to smoking it. Thank you, Trey. You're welcome. I didn't but, expressly tell you it was that one. You're just putting two and two together. This is the first Lancero that you've ever had in your hand since I've known you. <laughs> but the Lancero is tricky. There's just not a lot of margin for error. If there's a, a stem, if there's a bad piece of tobacco, it can all come crumbling down around the Lancero. You know, and, you know, with other sizes of cigars, if you get a plug under the band, usually you can smoke through it because there's enough else going on or you can poke through it. I even took, and, and this is where you want to talk about margin for error, I, I didn't have a poker or anything with me. I did have a box of matches. So I took a, box, uh, a match and pushed it through the end, even to the point of the plug, but was, was really close to tearing the wrapper and, and tearing the cigar completely. Like hitting a wall. Yeah, it was like hitting a wall. It was, I, I, I think it was a rock. I think it was actually, or, or like a branch of, of just, just a solid. And you know, there was a famous episode of How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Every episode. Um, the Lemon Law. Mm-hmm. I believe we should be able to institute a Lemon Law in cigars. I believe we should be able to institute all the a cigar thing. retailers everywhere just let out an audible groan. <laughs> well, I believe we should be able to say, you know, because the other night I threw away, you were here, I threw away a good cigar because I lit it up, it wouldn't draw, it was hard as a rock, it had no, none of the, and it was an excellent cigar. And it was just, this was the lemon. And this goes to what. This goes to something we haven't talked about on the show recently, which is why it's a good idea to be a regular at your shop. Because if you purchase that cigar at that shop, oftentimes if you bring it to the proprietor's attention, they will swap it out for you. They'll be happy to. Yeah. So this goes back to why it's, it's good to be and, and why, you know, buyer beware shopping online. 100%. The, you know, a friend of ours, he bought a box of very nice cigars and could not get any of them to draw. And our owner ended up actually taking the box back, tried one for himself, and sent the box back to the manufacturer. Yeah. And uh, there needs to be a lemon law on cigars, but I don't want it to just refer to structural defects. When they refer, when they hand you the Gurkha, 
and you don't want to have to suffer through it just because somebody... There should be a guilt-free way to just call Lemon Law on a particular cigar. Well, I think... But you have to be able to do it in a... Are you talking about when just an individual hands you a Gurkha? Because depending on how well you know them, you just smack it out of their hand. Yeah, you right cross, throw an ashtray at them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I can throw an ashtray at them, it, it, right? Definitely for that. Okay, well, good. I'm, I'm glad. To, see, I'm learning all kinds of new things tonight. <laughs> Let's touch real quick. We're kind of winding things down. I want to touch a little bit about cigar tourism. This is an interesting term that you unloaded upon me last week. Yeah, because we were kind of talking about, we were talking with a, another regular at the shop here, about all these different cigar shops. And you've been spending a lot of time in Alabama lately, going to some of the shops down there. Well, it's a time of year when there's no garage sales, so my wife and my Saturday is kind of shot. Yeah. You know, there's garage sale season, and it leads right into deer season, but then there's the dead zone between the end of deer season and the beginning of garage sale season anew. It's about two months. About two months, usually January, which is the longest year of the month, and February. And I'll, January lasts forever. I it hate does. January. I don't know why I spend January in Tennessee. I'm <laughs> going to save up all my off time just to escape Tennessee snake blitzkin style every January. <laughs> but Jan- so that's when we do a little bit of cigar tourism. You know, we went Valentine's Day two years ago. We went down to Burns and Chattanooga, had our cigars down there, had a nice dinner, had a hotel room for the night. Last week, we went down to Florence, Alabama, and went to the Cigar Room Shoals down there. Went to, by the way, if you're ever in Florence, a fellow regular here at the shop recommended Riccatoni's Italian. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Absolutely astonishing. I had the smoked duck and sausage pasta. It was unbelievable. Not That sounds more outrageously priced than it was. It was not more expensive than hitting a nice steakhouse around here. Oh, wow. And just had a wonderful meal there. And a little bit of the cigar tourism I could really dig. Yeah. You know, and, and so where this whole came from is that I, and I don't know how much of this comes from my, that's, that hadn't happened in a long time. Um, I don't know how much of this comes from my having been a rep that I experienced a lot of shops, but I don't often find myself planning a road trip just around going to have a cigar somewhere. Well, I don't either. I usually use having a cigar somewhere as an excuse for a road trip. Yeah. That's generally what I like. I like to have a little excuse. You know, I want to go to the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. Right. And I want to go to the Rocky Mountains, and the Cigar Festival seems like a good excuse to do that. Right. But, I can sell that to myself. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're a little bit more prone to this than I am. You know, I like I said, we, they were naming off, you know, three or four different cigar shops. No, I haven't been down there. No, I haven't been. I mean, I haven't been to Birmingham. I haven't been anywhere in Alabama. I, unless it's in, you know, Georgia or Tennessee or Texas, I probably haven't been. Well, so I'm going to hit a few. I've got a little list here of cigar festivals. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on these. I am going to kind of rifle through them quickly because there's several. But just hitting the high points, March 8th through 10th, Underground Cigars NFG 19 in Fort Worth, Texas. And all. This is being billed as the largest boutique event in the world. Wow. Features 20 different cigar manufacturers, meet and greet with makers, live music, always a bad idea, and In a cigar environment, absolutely. But it kind of fits with Fort Worth, so I kind of get it. Yeah. Um, March 29th to 31st, Stogie Fist, North Carolina. 
the largest annual. I love catching the taglines off yeah. of these. The largest annual cigar and tobacconacea gathering in North Florida. Huh. In North, I thought you said it was in North Carolina. I did. I was wrong. It's North oh, Florida. Okay. I seen North, and I just drew my own conclusion. Fair enough. <laughs> March 29th, somebody's in Carolina. Where's the cigar Where's the cigar <laughs> Darn Shane. <laughs> check, check local listings. Yeah. For Before you book the tickets, at least. May 2nd through the 5th, Cigar Fest in Lake Harmony, Pennsylvania. The most popular and sought-after cigar festival in the United States, hosted by Cigars International. Oh, okay. 6,000 smokers converge on a sleepy Pennsylvania town. That sounds, that like, sounds a, like the start to a horror film. <laughs> yeah, that really does. <laughs> well, and then you've got all the barn smokers that Drew Estate does every year. You know, the Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Florida, Louisiana, and, Ten- and Kentucky. Yep. And there's actually was one in Las Vegas. Oh, really? They did a Las Vegas barn smoker, though it wasn't in a barn. It was in a casino, which everything in Las Vegas is in a casino. I, I hope it was even a, the casinos are in casinos. It's weird. I was hoping it was a casino shaped like a barn. <laughs> uh, May twenty third through twenty sixth, Cats Fest. Are you a member of Cats Online? No, I'm not. Cigar aficionados trades and sales on no, Facebook. I'm not. Interesting group. Um, a lot of cigar companies got in trouble over Cats, but this is Cats Fest, and it's in Granbury, Texas. Lone Star Cigar Bash in Helotes, Texas. Uh, smoking in the Carolinas, Burlington, North Carolina. That'll be in June. Are you sure it's not in Florida? <laughs> yeah, they haven't given it a date. And all. Napa Valley Jazz Getaway. Okay, we're stretching a little here, folks. It's jazz and cigars? Yeah. I mean, and June wine, I'm 5th guessing. to the 8th, Napa, California. And it says live jazz, music, wine, food, and cigars. I'm probably going to skip this one. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a cigar event. June 6th to 9th. Bash and Burn, Naples, Florida, hosted by Rocky Patel Cigars. Okay. I can deal with that. And I'll beachside cocktail party at sunset and a Mediterranean-inspired dinner. I'm okay with this. This this seems like something I could get on board with. Are they still doing the Chattanooga Tweet Up? Um, it's I not on my list. I haven't heard anything about that. Did you ever go? It was I did big for a few years. Well, you know, and we have smoke on the water here in the yeah, fall. We do, and it's fun. It's a fun event. I don't. I think have we the ought to try to and get out there this year. Yeah, I need. To, we need to talk to Chuck. Yeah, we need to do a podcast from Smoke on the Water. Um, the only problem is we'd have to have Chuck on the pod. Uh, it's so, pri- price of admission. June eighth, Wine, Spirits, and Cigar Festival, Washington. Kind of generic. Y'all can do better. It will be at RF. It's a nine-hour event at RFK Stadium. Dang. Guests will be showered with live music, ex- exclusive wines, premium cigars, food offerings, and plenty of spirits. But it's only from 2 to 11. Eh. Yeah. New York Cigar Cruise. This is kind of like our smoke on the water, only this one goes through New York and gets on the Hudson River. That's kind of cool. Live cigar rolling, bourbon tasting, raffles. That's pretty good. I can deal with that. I realize I'm in the minority, but would it be so hard for people to do a cigar event without pairing it with some type of liquor? Is it? I mean, I realize I, I realize I'm in the minority there, but it just it, it's one of those things. It would be really nice to go and not have to. No, I don't need a drink. Thank you all night long. Have I got the event for you? <laughs> June 20th, cigars and baseball, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh yes. 
<laughs> right up your alley. Load up the Kia. We're on the road. <laughs> Unique fundraising event that benefits Miracle League includes fine food, premium cigars, live music and entertainment, and tickets to the Minnesota Twins baseball game. I am, I am there. There that you go. Sounds Ju- awesome. June twentieth. We know exactly what you can get for your birthday. There you go. And I'll. And the last one is June twenty eighth to July second is the IPCPR show. Uh, once again, being held. Is it being held in Vegas? Yes, I believe it is this year. Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, I can't believe this actually does not say. I was oh. just talking to somebody about this the other day, but I, I, I think it's in Vegas again this year. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. But anyway, so th- there's lots of opportunity. And the other thing that's really great, I know in Georgia there's one. I, I think there's one in Alabama as well. Some of your bigger shops will actually do a big anniversary event where they get 8, 10, 12 manufacturer reps to show up. And even though it's not necessarily an, a, a, a big cigar event, but it, it's just it's just a regular you know shop event, but you get exposure to so many different brands at once. So that's one of those things. It, it, being really plugged in in your neighborhood makes it makes it really great to find out these. You know, it's usually just a short car ride away, and you can experience kind of a, a bigger event close to home. Well, this year, Saturday, April thirteenth, at the Madison, Alabama Cigar Room, he has his eighth anniversary party. Mm. I've been to his anniversary parties where there's a bunch of us going to take down. I need a cigar bus. Somebody got a bus they don't mind us smoking in, they would loan me, because we'd all pull up here in front of the shop, load up all the regulars, and drive to Madison. I think we can make that happen. We, can we get cigar cast put on the side of the bus? We can try. Let, let, let's work on that. I think I think we need to try and make that happen. I think year. we do, because this is a great party. There's over 20 manufacturers reps there. Um Donald and his team do an amazing job. We're going to hopefully try to get Donald on the show before then um, and let him talk about it a little. But they do 25% off of everything in the store. The raffles are insane. Um, Everything there is great. You came back with a table full last year. Oh, yeah. The bacon truck is usually there. And all they had a wonderful peanut butter bacon sandwich. Um, They have food trucks. They have a bouncy house for the kids that smoke. They have all of the different events and festivities that are done, and the reps just really ham it up, and we have a great time. Yeah. So, yes, that's exactly what you're talking about is that sort of event. But just coming to the end of the show, I do have one last thing that I must say. If anybody out there listening, and I'm not going to spend a long time on this, Anybody out there listening knows someone from Jassum Crawl? Buckle up, folks. Please have them give me a call. Because I want nothing more than to yell and raise Kane about this CBD-infused cigar that they're producing. And throw a Nerf ashtray at them? That, that they're basically... Yeah, throw an ashtray at them. That they're basically screwing it up for everybody with this stupid ideal. Yeah. They don't say what the CBD is supposed to do. They just say it's in there. Right. Um... Oh, but isn't it a miracle drug and it'll cure your credit score and your blindness and your diabetes and your club foot? But I I think it is unfair of me to yell at these people without giving them the opportunity to defend themselves. So I'm putting out the call, info at thecigarcast.com. If you know anybody associated with Jassum Crawl, have them give us a, shoot us a line. They also need to defend that name. Yeah, that name's a little off as well, but... (laughs) 
But the CBD-infused cigar, I, this is not just a bad idea on their part. They're damaging the cigar industry with this product. Yeah, especially with everything we're already dealing with from the FDA, and this putting us further close to the vape industry is just a bad move right now. The, yeah, there's nothing. We're so close to the premium cigar exemption, and if we lose it, it's going to be due to morons yeah. making moves like this, trying for a quick cra- cash grab. So on that happy note. On that happy note. Well, I am. Uh, so so in terms of wrapping it up this week, I want to give you, uh, Shane just gave you the email address, info at cigarcast.com. We're also on facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. And before we close the show, I just want to take a moment. Um, I lost a very good friend today, um, a fellow brother of the leaf that I smoked cigars with Um for many years back in Atlanta, he was part of the old crew that would come in in the day. His name was James Peluso. He was a part of that core group that every morning we could count on being part of that, just stirring up the token liberal that sat in the corner. And just, he was always good for a great story. And uh, the world lost a good one today. So I just want to say on behalf of the Cigar Cast and myself that just this episode is in honor of him tonight because it's definitely a, a shame to see him go. So just to end on a positive note, just to try to bring it up, give me your judgment, Hamlet Liberation. Uh, it's it's good. I'm really enjoying it. Ever since you pointed out how close to a Rocky it was, it kind of it, it, it helped me categorize it in my mind, and I'm really um, really enjoying it a little bit more. But I do still get that metallic taste, and and it's getting more pronounced the closer I get to the head of the cigar. I really have enjoyed it. I'll definitely smoke another. And I don't know if there's a box purchase of these in my future. I love the shape. I love the Vitola. I like that it's only in one size. I yeah. enjoy the blend. I can recommend this. I could definitely recommend this. Absolutely. And I, I would be interested to see what it tastes like with a year of age under its belt. Yes. Yeah, so with a little more time, because these are relatively new cigars, it, it probably would age very well. I think so, too. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, have a good cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.